Hi, I'm Ron Gilbert, and welcome to the Thimbleweed Park Stand-Up Meeting Podcast. And today, as usual, I am joined by David Fox. Hello. And Gary Winnick. Hey there. Someday we'll uh, invite Mark uh, to join us. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And as other people get added to the team, we'll also invite them to join as well. But right now, it's just a team of three. So what we do each week is we go through very quickly what we did last week and what we're going to do next week, and I guess any other interesting things that happened. And this week, let's start with Mr. Winnick. Okay. Um, Since my father's not here, I guess that's me. Anyway, uh, have been working on continuing to sort of um, get art uh, with Mark scheduled in fact i will say this it's shocking but ron is actually probably one of the better schedulers and budgeters i've ever worked with which is really frightening to me but ron is really on top of that stuff and in turn he also has us all going through and doing a lot of spreadsheets and stuff so one thing that's nice is we are pretty well tracking everything as we start to move into production by next month uh, I, through I, pre-production I be a real taskmaster and spreadsheet uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, it, it makes sense, except your math kind of sucks sometimes. <laughs> I do oh, suck at math. I totally, completely suck at math. But, but everything is on the spreadsheets, and most things have dates and, you know, uh, good tracking information associated with them, particularly, as I said before, the bug reports as well. So all of that's been real helpful because uh, I've been working with Mark in terms of specific schedules for finishing up the, I'm going to say, all the wireframe rooms, and he's doing really great work. People will be seeing some of that hopefully soon. Yeah, we should uh, we should post some of his newer stuff. I, I think that would be nice. Blog, yeah. Um, and then, um, I'm also been finishing a number of close-ups and objects. I've been working on some objects with David. And then the other thing I've been doing is doing some tests in terms of just making sure that animated characters will uh, mesh with Mark's backgrounds. And we're sort of figuring that out now as we talk. So that's pretty much it. And that's what's going to be happening moving into next week. How's the Dolores stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, So we got a lot of feedback on Dolores. Uh, The thing about that that's always interesting is it's, 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 you know, you put, I'll say, nine things out into the world and you get kind of, um, for the most part, I'm getting kind of a fair amount of feedback on everyone. But I'm not really getting a clear idea of what people think in terms of which is the best one. However, I will say this. It's nice to hear all that stuff, but ultimately, Ron and I and David will need to be making that decision based on a whole bunch of other stuff as far as, you know, what the final design looks like. But it's been real interesting to see everybody's reaction to what the, what the actual process is, which is a similar process that we used in the past. Yeah, I find a lot of the individual comments to be really enlightening. The, you know, the, the things about her that people do like or don't like, you know, as opposed to just I like number seven or I like number three. Yeah. The the little comments about things, um, I, I think, is is really interesting. Yeah, and and the other thing about doing this kind of stuff, uh, and I may have said this before, is when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, especially when it's I'm going to use animated pixel characters, you really do have to simplify and you do have to really stereotype. That's the only way you can communicate what you need to. I say, in, you know, the small number of uh, data on a screen. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm finding this though a pretty interesting process because it's different than the way I've done it in the past. So the next, next stage is to actually do some pixel art for her. Yeah. We'll do some actual characters that are, you know, the same kind of standing characters we've done to design each of the other individual characters so we can see what they actually look like in the game or standing in one of the rooms or whatever. And then we'll sort of go from there. Cool. 
We also got Ransom in. That was the other thing oh, yeah. that happened. That's really cool. Ransom is now in as a playable character you can walk around. Okay, Mr. Fox. Yeah, well, the first thing was the the blog that I did last week on Monday on the elevator. And that was that was really great. I wasn't expecting that kind of feedback. It was actually the best kind of feedback because it was people liking things about a game I had done 25 years ago that I thought sucked or wasn't that important or no one cared about. And all of a sudden, I found out that for some people, the whole bit with the bus driver and Zach and how you get on the bus was one of their favorite parts of the game because it just kind of worked like real life and you could try all sorts of things. And what you thought, if you were, you're basically being rewarded for being clever about how you attempted to solve the issue. And we had all the bases covered. So all those weeks and dreaded playtesters walking in with more bugs kind of paid off 25 years later. So that kind of made us reevaluate how to do the elevator and the fact that people like turning on and off light switches and they like doing little things in, in the environment that mirror real life. And so probably would have done those anyway, but now I won't feel like I'm wasting my time and feeling guilty for doing them. Um, the other things I was working on, uh, as Gary said, more inventory items. Um, one big thing we've been doing this week is is doing walkthroughs of the game. We've been spending about one and a half to two hours a day going through different rooms in the game, starting from the beginning and, and talking through what's missing, what do we need to add to this room, what isn't working right. You know, here are some things we threw down, like you know, get something from the hardware store. And I never really talked about the mechanics of how you would get it. And so just really nailing down the interactions a lot more, which is great. Makes it feel more, much more real. I saw Ransom in the game and walked him out of his, his trailer into the circus. And he, he's basically white with a bunch of, you know, a couple of colors on him. He's a very white character. And he just looked really out of place in the circus, which is at nighttime, it kind of darkened, and so I was doing some experiments with lighting and and on him, and it's really fun to kind of see how how that's going to work in the future. It's just real, really rough tests, but it it definitely helps a lot. And I think that's about it. Yeah, I found with designing stuff when you're designing these puzzles, until you actually understand, you know, the verb you click on and the object you click on and the actual object you combine that with, the puzzle's not really designed yet. Because there's a lot of puzzles that we just have these vague things like you get something from the hardware store. And but we didn't really understand how that happened. So I think I think it's important to, you know, to get that almost click by click, how does this puzzle get solved? Or else you start to forget the details and then when you start to program it up, you you you're forced to think about those details, you know, because you're implementing it. Right. And, and that's, there's this vague feeling like the game's not really there yet because you know about all these pieces that are kind of half thought out. And so going through doing this walkthrough just really is helping to solidify everything in the game. Yeah. It's, it feels like every room we walk into, there's at least one puzzle where we haven't figured it out on that, you know, click by click basis of how the puzzle works. Right. And we're what, we like halfway through? Yeah, not. No, we're maybe a third. <laughs> a third, <laughs> a third okay. of the way through, yeah. So we'll be doing this through next week also. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, Ron, does this feel similar to you like when you did Monkey Island or other stuff, or does it feel 
fairly different. I'm, I'm sort of wondering how, how, you know, the process feels to you relative to those experiences. It feels a little bit different in that with, you know, Monkey Island and, you know, Maniac Mansion to some extent, but certainly, you know, the two Monkey Islands, you know, we just dove right into those. There wasn't this, you know, long pre-production process where all the rooms were done as storyboards and the whole game was put together in storyboard form and then looked at how everything fit together. And then when we were happy with it all, then went to final art. We were going through a stage where final art was being produced as, you know, we were coming up with the game and, and putting stuff together. Which and it really was you know, the experience at Humongous Entertainment with making those games that really got me into this mode of doing these storyboard versions. That you do these complete versions of the game in storyboard and wireframe before you go on to final art. So this does feel different in that respect. Yeah, it really helps too because you, I, you know, if you want to make a change, you don't feel so guilty that in this gorgeous room has to be torn apart because it's it was a much quicker to draw. So. Yeah, just a just a crappy wireframe that Gary drew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Last week, uh, I've been working on a lot of budgeting and scheduling, as Gary said. I'm just trying to get everything uh, figured out, uh, budget and schedule-wise, because now that we're going into production, you, you, we have a much better idea of exactly what we're building. So I'm just going through and doing that. You want to say what you mean by going into production? Yeah, I mean, to me, pre-production is figuring out what it is you need to do and production is doing it to me that's where the line is so pre-production we're doing these wireframes of all the rooms we're getting you know this bare bones wiring all the puzzles together we're you know running around the world we're deciding whether does this feel right for the world does you know the even the distance traveled you know between things feel right does the size of the rooms you know feel right and all that stuff and then once we figure that out, when production starts, now it's just churning through art. Now we have a giant list of all of the rooms in the game. We have a giant list of all the animations that need to be done. And it's more of that mechanical process of just checking off things as we implement everything. And I think there's a lot of creative that's still being done. You know, even in production, you know, you start to realize things don't work and you're, you know, you're always adjusting and, and doing creative stuff. But production is much more of a mechanical process. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So yeah, doing a lot of budgeting and scheduling. Uh, as much as Gary likes to say that I'm really good at budgeting and scheduling, I actually lost about $30,000 in the budget yesterday that I had no, <laughs> no idea where that money went to. But uh, I think I found it. I think you put it in my bank. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Gary, uh, you know, Skyped me yesterday and said, hey, I have a question about that budget. And yeah, he totally brought up this one mistake I'd made that had lost about $30,000 in the budget. So we're fine now. Uh, $30,000 found. There is no 10% reward for Gary, by the way, for finding that $30,000. <laughs> uh, let's see, I fixed uh, just a lot of bug fixing and issues uh, for David. And we're doing the walkthroughs, which we spend about an hour to an hour and a half to two hours a day just doing the walkthroughs. And next week, I'm going to look at some kind of a tool for doing the larger uh, cutscene animations, as opposed to the small animations, you know, where people are just walking around and, you know, reaches and talks and stuff, but large cutscene animations. I think we need some kind of a tool to do those, because I think if, if you and I, David, are scripting all those things, I think it's going to be... Um, a lot of work and a little bit of wasted time. So I'm going to look at that and more uh, walkthroughs with the rooms and getting everything ready for production to start on the 1st of July. So it's more like the tool we used for Indie, which was kind of an overlay animation tool. We have the background 
of the room and you can draw to it. Yeah, and, and you can coordinate several different things. So it's not just a single character walking around, but you can take maybe four different animations and all kind of have them animate in unison, you know, to mm. get a large like room wide cutscene to happen. I also wanted to say that it's really fun to say, hey, how do you do how can I do this in the game? And then, you know, half an hour later you have a new feature so I can do it. Yeah, I like that. I, I actually enjoy the whole, you know, tool building and adding features to the game. You know, when when you come up with something is how to do this and, and I go, ooh, I think I can add a new command to the game. Actually, mm, I actually right. enjoy that. Right. I think we lost Gary. I'm not seeing him on Skype. Actually, you didn't. You didn't. Oh, you didn't. You're still there. Okay. I, I put myself on mute because I'm in this office and people are like, you know, running on my door and like falling down and hitting their head on the coffee machine and stuff <laughs> like that. So I kind of just decided I would, uh, you know, mute my mic. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad we didn't lose you. All right. Well, I think that is it. Yep. And uh, we'll talk again next week. See you guys later. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye.